A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. I have a returning guest today from America, Albuquerque, New Mexico, to be precise, a gentleman by the name of Drum McNaughton. Drum, a very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure to be here. And uh, listeners, you know, one of the, uh, if not the handle that, um, that Drum wears is the change leader. So change, this subject of change that's, that's around us, I mean, it's always around us, but is it fair to say that in more recent times, you know, the last year particularly, um, that it's become very prominent, this need for change. So we thought it would be really interesting to, you know, to dive around, to, to explore becoming a change maker. So big topic, Drum, very big topic. Where do we start with this? This, this subject of change? Well, I think you just have to look outside and see everything is changing. The, the value, we talked before about value systems. People's value systems are changing. What happens as a result of that are changing. And you've got the old guard who wants to hang on and keep things the same. And the younger crowd who is saying, hey, we've had enough of this stuff. It's time to change. So there's a lot of forces out there that are driving change right now. Mm. So just adopting that old um, approach drum of why, what, how, they say there's no such thing as a silly question. Is this a silly question, listeners? Why do we need to change drum? Why? Well, you know, it goes back and, and part of my doctoral work was I studied Eastern religions. And I think... They, they explain it very well in that we're moving out of a lower age into a higher age. And with that higher age, some of the behaviors, some of the values, some of the things that we believed in just don't work anymore. And we see that with the, the younger folks being born, they have different values and they say, no, what, what we've done to the planet, what we've done with the economy, what we've done with so many other things just don't work for us anymore and we need to change them. Mm. Yes, we, we did, uh, listeners. I mean, in the previous um, episode that Drum and I did on the um, young, young Game Changers prefix, it was very much around this gap, at the risk of oversimplifying the language between the, the younger generation and um, those of just, let's say, 24 plus, the more senior amongst us. And, you know, and, and then trying to bridge that gap. And that, by definition, is a process of change. But it's easier said than done, Drum, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> no kidding. You know, it used to be the way change was done was top down. You know, those people in power were the ones to say we change or we don't change. And what we're seeing, we, we saw it a few years back by Occupy Wall Street, which happened back in the, uh, in the early 
2000s. You know, people were fed up with the economic conditions. They were fed up with how the, the top copper corporations were controlling all the money and setting all the policies. So they occupied Wall Street. We saw that last summer with Black Lives Matter. Uh, we've seen it with the Me Too movement is you get a group of people who feel like they have been done injustices. They speak up. And now with social media out there, their voice can be heard by others. And it just cascades. I mean, you don't, you take a look at Arab Spring over in your part of the world. Uh, it was social media that drove Arab Spring. And so people have the platform to be heard now. And what I tell boards of directors that I work with is, listen, everybody is a reporter. Every student is a reporter. They have a video, they have video capability on their smartphone. They're going to record you, you know, with camera, with audio. You have to be really smart in what you say. And these videos get out there and rightly or wrongly, it's an impetus for change. People hear this, they identify and they say, we have to change. Mm. Change. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, 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 it's a very long four letter word, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. But what does that look like? And, you know, there again, not harping too much uh, drum around the previous um, episode that we, you know, we dived into. But, you know, there are so many angles that we could come at this from, isn't there? You know, be that environmentalism, be that uh, spiritualism. It, well, the list goes on. I mean, we'd, we'd be here for the rest of the the day just just going through the list of potentials and you know but you know what does that look like you know what is the real essence because for me personally listeners I, I believe that change I believe that life is a very 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 simple game I really do believe that so I always search for that distillation what does it look like at its most simplest most fundamental sort of drop if you will um, and, you know, applying that to this, this concept, this thing called change, you know, it's, it's like you say, it's just such a monument, it's just a relatively small world, word, world, word, <laughs> but the implications are massive, aren't they? <laughs> yes, yes to both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and yet again, I kind of, where do we start with this? Um, in this, you know, is am I oversimplifying it? Am I looking at this through childlike curiosity, drum, or you know, is there merits? Does this hold water in what I'm saying? Well, there is merit in what you're saying. Change in itself is simple. The problem is, is we throw people in there with their mental models, their the way their belief system, and that mm -hmm. makes it complicated because we decide, oh, well, we like this change or we don't like it. Well, really, what does likes and dislikes have to do with anything? It's just mm -hmm. personal preferences. Mm -hmm. When we talk about change, we talk about resistance to change, which basically is people saying either, I don't get it, I don't like it, or I don't like you, the messenger who's telling me to change. And then we look at it from a perspective of an iceberg. Icebergs are, make a really nice metaphor for change because at the top of the iceberg, 
you see 13% is above water and 87% below water. Well, it's just like any kind of person, business, whatever. You, what you see is the output. What you don't see underneath the water are the processes that have to be changed and the structures underneath those that have to be changed. There's one other thing that people don't stop and think about is people's mental models. So if you look at it in an iceberg, if you want change to happen, you need to change people's belief systems. You need to change you know, how people think about things. Then you need to change the structures because the structures support the processes and then you'll have changed the output. But without changing people's ideas, their thoughts, their mental models, you'll never have change. Stat, what was coming through to me listening to you speak there, John, was this, you know, I'm, going, I'm sort of flirting with the six human needs again and the first one of that need for certainty. And isn't it true at the risk of overgeneralizing that we as humans, boy, do we crave certainty? Do we crave certainty and control? Well, we do. It goes back to Maslow's uh, pyramid and down at the bottom is, is security. Mm. Up at the top is self-actualization. You cannot get to self-actualization unless you fill in all the other gaps along the way. Ultimately, people want self-actualization. But until they can fill in those other blanks, they're not going to get there. Mm. And it's that, you know, I don't know if you guys in the States have got this, um, this terminology drum better the devil you know oh yes you know yeah the 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 devil you know is better than the devil you don't know mm. and it's it it's almost like a a oh it, how do you choose between something you don't know versus something you know you generally go unless you're a risk taker which lately a lot of people for taking risks have gotten whacked down like, you know, that old game, whack-a-mole. Um, unless you're willing to have faith, and it really comes down to faith, unless you have faith in what you're doing and your leadership, if you're in an organization, without faith in leadership, you're never going to change. Yeah. But it is that, um, I suppose that, you know, like from a very early age, a very early age, you know, let's take a, a, a newborn child, you know, they learn, a newborn baby learns that art of control by crying, by performing. He or she will get picked up, will get changed, will get fed. And it's like, oh, I like this. And then that kind of conditioning of, I, I can control this situation now. And that's kind of some of the basic, basic things that we learn from an early age. And the more that life goes on, drum, isn't it true that we, you know, hasten to use the word manipulate the situation, but we do crave that control. So when we've got this kind of, um, you know, you go on about A.H. Uh, Maslow's kind of um, high, you know, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hierarchy so, of needs. Hierarchy of needs. I'm so fixed on the six human needs as, as my own model. Um, I sometimes forget the uh, Maslow's ins and outs. But this kind of whole thing of this, this need for certainty 
first and foremost. So it doesn't really matter what you put in front of me under the banner of change, which is probably actually, if I did raise my head above the parapet, would be really good for me. But no, better the devil you know. Why should I change? Because I am a human of certainty and condition. I think there's a lot of power in that um, for, for me, certainly, Drum. Any thoughts around that? Well, it's certainty is one thing, but it really comes down to, and people don't change until they have to, for the most part. Mm. If one situation is worse than another, they're going to go to the situation that is less worse. It's That's what's called growth in many respects. Mm. But it really boils down to, in a case what you're talking about, is people don't change for change sake. They change because they believe in something. They change because it's because of a cause that they like. And they're not gonna change without having faith in the leadership. So they have to have faith in the leadership that what's gonna happen is going to be better for them. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because in the US here, we have such a poor support system when people lose their jobs. You know, you get quote, unemployment benefits, which normally don't even cover your expenses. In Scandinavia, it's very different. One of the countries over there, when somebody loses their job, they're put into a retraining. And one person said, I, I, I saw an interview or, or read something says, hey, if I lose my job, that's great. Cause I know I'm gonna get trained on something new and there's gonna be a job waiting for me. I mean. Mm. What if we had a situation like that where we knew the situation was going to be better? Would people want to change? Absolutely. You mentioned the word, interestingly, earlier on from beliefs. One of your fellow Americans, um, a guy that, you know, personally I have very high regard for. In fact, he was my mentor at one stage, Jim Britt. I think he was Jim Rohn's business partner for many moons as well. And Jim's, um, Jim Britt's saying to me was, well, not just to me personally, all beliefs are false. It's something we have decided as an individual is true. Now, I've mentioned that quite a few times to, to various people in various contexts and it's one that kind of raised initially uh, certainly at least raises raises a few eyebrows all beliefs are false any thoughts well, i i don't necessarily agree with that paul uh there are beliefs and there are there is truth and some people's beliefs are in fact truth but the question comes down, is your belief truth? It's true to you, but is it true to majority to the majority of people? Or is it true from a higher perspective? I think that's the real question is, is your belief in line with what real truth is? Hmm. And I suppose that brings in, you know, if we can be allowed to use the terminology universal truth, you know, that higher truth, that indefinable. But isn't it true that, <laughs> to, to, to stretch the point. Yeah, uh, no, want, no pun intended there. No pun intended. <laughs> that, that, that just literally slipped out, listeners, honestly. But, you know, we kind of, 
for that need for certainty at the risk of laboring the point, we make things true and convenient for us, don't we? Because it's easier that way, you know? Or this becomes my truth, because if I face the harsh, I've got like an internal filtering system, because if I have to face the harsh realities of what the outside world might receive as truth, that's too much for me. That's too much for me. So I'm gonna wear metaphoric dark glasses just to take the, the brightness away from the world because that's easier for me to live in that metaphoric darkness. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And what you're really talking about is the ladder of inference. And I'm trying to pull it up on my computer so that I can, I can show you what it is. But the ladder of inference basically says what the brain does is filters information based on our previous experiences so that we only see what's going on according to our previous biases. And that's why we believe what we do. And everything reinforces that belief. Mm, okay. Isn't that just a bit too convenient for us though? To, is that why we have so many problems in our, in our lives? You know, forget the outside world with all its so-called problems. You know, people have different sort of views on, on anything and everything really. I suppose that's, you know, that, that's a dual-edged sword. You know, that's the beauty of being, uh, being embracing of, of human life in all its weird and wonderful myriad of forms and colors and, you know, everything, everything. Um, but at the same time, you know, it can create a lot of inner conflict with us, you know, even within sort of marriages where people have opposing views, um, <laughs> they get really heated to the point where people actually separate, divorce and whatever, because of this polarized perception of what truth is. So, you know, somewhere within that uh, drum, somewhere within that, you know, what is that happy medium? Is that an idealism to think that there can be an happy medium? Well, it, it, in many respects, it comes down to, to compromise. You know, the ladder of inference was something by Edgar Schein, who was a, a great sc scholar in organization behavior. And you see data, you select data, and you add your own meanings to that data based on your own cultural, your own personal experiences, you make the assumptions based on those meanings that we've added, you draw conclusions, then you draw, adopt beliefs about the world, and then you take actions on my beliefs. Well, what does it come down to? It really comes down to what your previous experience were. Now, if you look at the world as a learning opportunity, one would say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this experience? I personally, and you know, we're never always right. We're never always wrong. So what, we, what am I supposed to learn from this particular experience? If we already are using our own personal biases, our previous experiences, our culture, cultural experiences, et cetera, we may not learn what it is we're expected to learn. And one of the things that I found over the years is these lessons, you know, they continue to come up over and over again 
until you learn the lesson that you are supposed to learn. And when I say that, I mean you personally versus, you know, everything is individualized for us. And it's all about learning lessons and our own growth. And if we don't learn what we're supposed to learn, it's going to happen again and again and again until you finally learn it. Does that mm. make sense? It makes perfect sense. And, you know, on a personal level, drum, it's something that I massively subscribe to, massively subscribe to. So becoming a change maker, let me ask you a slightly different or come at things from a slightly different perspective. Drum. When, when we give, do we give for selfish reasons? Is, is the art of giving from a selfish perspective? Sometimes. I think it really depends on the person who is giving. Are they giving it to get something back? Are they giving it to curry favor? I mean, one of the things I learned years ago in church was that we don't want to make the tough decision because we're afraid of the consequences. If I do this, what's going to happen? So we, you know, it goes back to the, what we were talking about earlier. We, we would rather stay with the devil we know than the devil we don't know. But at the same time, from a giving perspective, I think it's all over the map. I think you've got some people who are very selfless, who give of themselves totally. Uh, why are they doing this? Are they doing this because they truly want to give? They feel like they're mo motivated to give? Or do they feel like if I don't give, I won't get anything back? So you didn't, you asked what appeared on the surface to be a very simple question, and it's not. <laughs> no, and that kind of But goes you knew back. that. I did, drum to be fair. And that kind of goes back to, you know, if I'm going to be contradictory listeners towards my own assertion um, that, you know, that I shared with, with drum previously around that life is a very, very, very simple game. On the surface of it, yes, it is. But once we start putting people into the equation, and obviously I class myself massively under that umbrella, no surprise there, then things all of a sudden become um, less clear, let's say. So uh, kind of under this, this C word, the C word for change. I want to introduce a concept, Drum, if I may. The very first podcast I did, this World Game Changes, we, it wasn't called World Game Changes when I set out. Um, it was called Mastering Life. The very first podcast, listeners, you may recall it, was called Mastering Life is as simple as A, B, C. Where the A, the starting point, is awareness. The B is beliefs. And the C, which could be change, could be choice, but the one I chose was creativity. So any thoughts around the awareness and the beliefs uh, John, before we dive into the uh, the multi-choice that is seen. It's an interesting, interesting model, interesting premise. Uh, 
I think change is simple, but it's complex at the same time. And frankly, it goes back to what we talked about in our last podcast a little bit is when you know your true self, you know your purpose. If you know your purpose, you know your true self. That's very simple. The difficulty is how do you get there? Mm. And what, ha- what are all these experiences that we're having? How are they part of that learning? Yeah. So would you agree, Drum, that awareness is the starting point for, I'm going to make a blanket statement here, everything we do in life starts with awareness. You know, we go on a journey of any description, be that geographically, emotionally, surely it all starts out with where am I now? Yeah, I, I think that's very good. And, and some, some people call it awareness, other people call it introspection which is really understanding where you are and what you're doing. Why am I having these experiences that happen to me all the time? Mm. You know, what is it in me that causes these things to happen? And what is it I'm supposed to learn by them? Overcome, change in myself. What is it? Learning. I love that word. One of my five L's from... My five L's. We talked about values. We've talked about values quite a bit, listeners. And for me personally, just, you know, no apologies for sharing this because not that I just feel that it's on a personal level so powerful, but the five L's, the five values of life, the precious gift of life in whatever form that takes. The second one to reinforce what Drums just said there, learning. We're on a voyage of self-discovery. What does that entail? Right in the middle of the five is loving, learning about love in all its many forms, particularly self-love. And then we get to a stage in the second half of the, of the sea, as I call the seesaw, and that is around legacy. So passing on these lessons, passing on this love and to leave the world a better place. And then the final one is loyalty. Some people say, John, that's a strange one, loyalty. For me, I frame that in the, to thine own self be true. Be loyal to yourself, wherever that is, along that level of awareness at any given moment in time. So for me, this is how I I knit together, and, and I love the terminology, the mental models that we, certainly I think in the earlier parts of our years, our life, rely on, well, I did anyway, rely on very, very heavily to make sense of things. We do. We, we use those mental models to make sense of the world for us. But as one gets deeper in their own spiritual path, they realize that those mental models were just that, models. They weren't truth. Mm-hmm. And as you get deeper and deeper on your spiritual path, and it doesn't matter who you follow, follow, whether it be a Jesus or a Buddha or a Krishna or or many other of the, the enlightened beings out there, you come to understand that all the belief systems that you have held on to were just mental models. And that's when you start to understand what truth really is. Yeah. 
and at the risk of using split metaphors, maybe stepping stones or maybe like stabilizers on a bike. When we first learned to ride a bike, listeners, isn't it true that we have stabilizers on there? And then as we get a, a bit more aware, a bit more confident, call it what you will, we take the stabilizers off and we look back and think, wow, what was all the fuss around? Why did I need those stabilizers? But we do. And that's part for me, drum of letting go of that, what we think is certainty. You know, it's, it's yeah, we're getting more kind of aware and I don't really need this. So what served me, I can remember as a kid, I was convinced I had a lovely pair of Doc Martins and I was convinced that those size six Doc Martins, I would always take size six in a shoe. Well, no, no, you won't. Yeah, I will. No, these Oxblood Doc Martins, they're going to be with me forever. Paul, they're not. Yes, they are. And well, you can, <laughs> listeners, I'm sure you can, you can uh, guess the outcome of that particular scenario. You know, I've outgrown those shoes is probably a good way to sum it up. So, um, okay, well, as is the way, Drum, I want to ask you one kind of question, um, you know, to bring things to a close. But uh, before I do that, I want to invite you in, if I may, to share your contact details uh, with our listeners to find out uh, where they can find out more about you, reach you, contact you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the best way, thank you, Paul, the best way is to contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, and it's Drum, D-R-U-M-M, last name McNaughton, M-C-N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. Uh, LinkedIn's probably the best way. Reach out, connect. And if you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. Thank you. So the final big question then, Drum, is the big, well, it's a, it's a simple, sim, I can see saying that word a lot, simple, but a simple three-letter word, listeners, called how. Drum. How, in, in a nutshell, in a distilled form, how do we become a change maker? That's a really good question, and there's no simple answer. We, we all have roles that we are here to play, and we play those roles to the best of our abilities. I think the biggest thing is if you want to be a change maker, change yourself first. Any change you make in yourself will literally affect millions. You think about all the relationships that you have over the course of a lifetime. You think about all the people you meet. If you can change yourself, you have the ability to change millions. Pretty simple and pretty complex at the same time. Just like what we've been talking about all day. <laughs> the paradox of life. The paradox of life. And I think from that, uh, that leads us nicely in drum to uh, what will be an ensuing podcast listeners around inspired influencers. As we grow, surely we become a, uh, a change maker that can then influence. But that's another time, another place. So all that remains now, listeners, is to sign off by saying the world's changing. How will you respond? thanks very much for listening to this world game changers podcast episode hopefully you found it interesting and helpful drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond remember the world is changing how will you respond <laughs>